All right. Hello. Hi. So I'm Kia. And I'm Florence. And this is Melanin. In medicine. Woot woot. Okay. So today we have a really fun episode planned for you guys. Um, We'll start off with our elders elevation. So our quote for today is, it's not the load that breaks you down. It's the way you carry it. This was said by Lena Horne. JK Flows was supposed to, never mind, who cares? <laughs> Definitely forgot we had a pattern. Anyway. Uh, Are you going to cut that out? No. Okay. <laughs> it's authentic. Okay. So, um, Lena Horne said that, and it really ties into our theme for today, because it's basically time management, um, balance, you know, handling the workload and the things that you have to deal with when you're applying to medical school or even doing your undergrad pre-med kind of courses or pre-dental or pre-vet or whoever's listening. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very strong component to the process and yeah, we just want to highlight that. So, um, Flo, you want to talk about the Mahoney messages? Oh, we have some? No, we don't. Okay. So, <laughs> I was like, you shocked me. Jokes. Look, <laughs> shocked everybody. <laughs> so we still don't have any Mahoney messages. If you'd like to ask a question or tell us anything about yourself, um, email us at melaninandmedicine02 at gmail.com. We don't bite and we won't, like, throw extreme shade. Yeah. And you. even if it's, like, topics that you want to hear about, we love to hear what you, our listeners, want to actually hear us talk about and yeah. not us ramble. Yeah, ramble, <laughs> which we can do very well. Um, so there's that. We're going to hop right into our stepping stone. So let's talk about our first stepping stone, which is the AAMC, um, AAMC, or formerly known as the Association of American Medical Colleges. So let's talk about how we figured out what this was. So, did you know what AMC was? I did not know what AMC was. When did you find out about it? Um, when I registered for the MCAT. Cool. Same. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I literally Googled how to sign up for the MCAT, and then an AMC popped up, and then I, I didn't even realize it had as much stuff on the website until after I took the MCAT. Right, right. Like, all the resources and everything about it, so. Right. Yeah. I think... I'm trying to see. Did I know about it before? No, I didn't. I, I found out about it, like... When I signed up for the MCAT, same. Mm-hmm. And that was late in its own, so, you know. Um, and I think whenever you're younger, like, professors or advisors talk about the AMC, they think you know what it is, and you don't, so they just say it. So we're going to let you guys know what the AMC is. Yeah, we're going to fill you in. So first and foremost, this is a website, so you can go to <laughs> AAMC, you know, dot com. And then and it has, like, an overall oh, org because they're government. Yeah. But um, that's like the general website. What we're referring to specifically is the AMCAS portion, and this is the American Medical College Application Services. So this is basically a, what is it, like a sub, sub point yeah. under AAMC. So AMCAS is the portal that you use for basically everything medical. Like, yeah. they have resources for applying to medical school. They have resources for how to choose your medical career. They have um, figuring out what major to do, things like that. You know, most of the stuff that we talk about. Yeah. Um, and they just have, like, a lot of really helpful resources. They have, like, post programs, graduate programs, uh, fellowships, residency information, yeah. all of that. So what's nice about this is that it's all organized in one place. Um, but what's crappy about it is like you usually don't find out about it until 
it's time to sign up for the MCAT or apply to medical school or something like that. And this is also how you apply to medical school. So we'll dive into the application process. But um, I guess we can talk about... And one okay. thing, the AMC, that's for MD schools. DO schools have mm-hmm. a whole different website and portal and their own resources. And I think that's like a Comas. A Comas. A Comas. Yeah. And it, it basically has the same thing, but it's just for DO schools. Yeah. And it's like a separate thing that costs. And if you don't know the difference between MD and DO schools, it's medical doctor and doctor of osteopathic medicine. Yeah. And uh, DO schools do like a more holistic approach. It's it's a thing. Um, and we'll talk about that on like a, another stepping stone segment. Um, but yeah, so this is MD specific. These are like more common schools that you might be aware of. I don't know. Some people are just as aware of DO schools, but... Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I was like, both of us are doing the MD route, mm-hmm. so we just know a little bit more about that and have a little bit. Right. And we should probably... Yeah, we'll yeah, we should, Yeah, we'll have someone on here about DO <laughs> schools. So those of you interested in DO schools, just stay stay tuned. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so one thing that I wanted to talk about as far as regards to AMCAS is um, any advice that we would have, like, as far as maneuvering through the website you know it's a lot of stuff so like how would you advise people to kind of move through it um is that a weird question that is a weird question I don't know (laughs) because well as soon as you go I think it depends on what you want true so I think if you're just it is kind of hard to use the website but they do have certain sections like once you click like the MCAT link they'll have all the resources for MCAT a ton so maybe start with just like kind of googling like like, I know when I applied, I would just type in, like, AMC, like, application, and then it would, like, the direct link would come on mm-hmm, Google. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and um, so there's certain things you don't get access to until you create your account. account. So don't be afraid. It's free to create an account. Mm-hmm. Definitely not free to sign up for anything on the account. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so that's, like, one of the things that you have to have that. Um, but they really have everything. They have, like, possible summer opportunities. They have, like, certain links for underrepresented minorities, disadvantaged students. Um, yeah. And what, it, what do you think, what would you say is your biggest resource that you used on that, the AMC website? Oh, the, the postback the thing post for back? sure. Yeah, I actually found my postback. We'll talk about that. Um, or this could be a semi-segue to our next stepping stone. Mm-hmm. But um, I found my postback, like, a lot of different postbacks, not mine specifically, but... Um, a lot of different postbacks on the website and they have a link that it's very easy to use you know once you get to it it's like you can filter you can uh, specify the location things like that and it's just like it makes it so much easier because at first like you are overwhelmed with all the information which I guess makes it it's like a blessing and a curse Mm -hmm. because it's so much on one website but then it's like it's so much on one website yeah. you don't know you know what I mean like you don't really know where you fall into it so googling is like the safest way to maneuver yeah. honestly I know but um I was gonna say yeah. I think mine mine's similar to yours but mine's directly like the med school so they mm-hmm. have like I think you have to pay like 30 bucks for what for the med schools like to filter out the med schools you're talking about the MSAR yeah MSAR it's like I didn't bucks. pay for that did you have to pay for it yeah I paid like oh. 30 bucks for it I don't know how I don't think I bet it. But did you did you pay but you pay when you pay you can actually see like the GPA and all that breakdown. Mm-hmm. You could see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I paid thirty bucks for that. That's sketchy. I 
I think I remember, but I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I paid 30 bucks for it, but it's nice because you can, I literally went through every single school to see if my MCAT was competitive, my GPA was competitive, Mm -hmm. if they took Mm -hmm. um, diverse students, if they took out-of-state students, so that was, it's really. You can see, like, DACA, if they accept DACA students. Yeah, you can literally, it's nice because they literally break down everything for you, and you can actually compare yourself to the schools to see if you could actually even go there, because there's no point in wasting money if you want to go to a school in like California and they only take four out of out of state right right there's no like yeah the MSAR was like a godsend because I literally filtered it to like I think I gave myself five points above what I got on the MCAT Mm -hmm. and that was the only schools I looked at because I was like let's be humble we're not going (laughs) to Harvard (laughs) we're not we're not gonna make it you know um but yeah so I think that's pretty much all we have on AMCAST and like AMC and when we, when we refer to like a lot of different things we might even say like so on AMCAST like this is how you do this but we just want to give like a foundation as to like what we're talking about so um yeah so like I mentioned our next stepping stone is post-baccalaureate programs so this is like Pandora's box uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about first who it's for like who would benefit from a post-baccalaureate program so I would say the people who would benefit most are like the people like for me I feel like I really didn't know how to study in undergrad and it helped me like tune in on my study skills and like improve my MCAT so if you need like an MCAT booster like there's postbacks for MCAT boosters there's postbacks for people who were non- science majors mm-hmm. like career changers yeah career changers there's postbacks for people who didn't take any of the prereqs for med school there's so mm-hmm. many different postbacks so i think like on the amcas like if you need it i think on the amcas you can filter what type of postback you need but i think if you're just doing it just to do it to get into med school like if you already have a fine gpa and like your mcas score is like average but a little bit lower than what oh, like no. the school you want to yeah. go to like there's no need to yeah back. yeah there i feel like like people who do post-baccalaureate programs have like pretty specific circumstances as yeah. far as like they're lacking in this area they're lacking in this area not necessarily like in a bad way they just yeah. like didn't have those classes yeah or, like, they wanted to go to law school or something you know exactly. what i mean yeah it's for people who like are like missing a component missing something in their application to help strengthen their application Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like that was my reason for going especially was like I stressed I wanted like a stronger foundation in sciences I wanted um, a more competitive application when I applied to medical school and I think that's like literally in the core of each post-baccalaureate program is to make you like a better applicant so if you just stress like I want to be a stronger applicant or like a more competitive applicant like that's good that's they see that you have like that rigor in you to like pursue medicine in a very serious way so um so we'll talk about like how you can figure out like different postbacks there's so on AMCAS um I actually went to the little filter thingy there's mm-hmm. 218 um, that are listed on AMCAS, and I mean, these are just like, I, I don't think they update it very often, so there is very possible that there's more, but um, with this portal on AMCAS, you can basically select private versus public, um, so if you want to go to a private university versus a public university, and there were, um, let me see, there were 83 public and then 135 private and we're going to talk about like private versus public because did you do a private private okay and I did a 
edit a public one. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely talk about the difference between those. Um, and really the only difference is cost. Cost, yeah. <laughs> so, um, there's that. And then you can also, um, well, I guess we could just hop into that now. So did you like, so give us an idea of how you felt about your post-bec program. Um, going into it, I was very excited because what happened during my post-bac program, I went through a transition year, so it used to be you had to get a certain GPA, a certain MCAT score, and then it was automatic acceptance, but I went through a transition year because I had just gotten a new president for the med school and they didn't want anything to do with the post-bac program, so they changed the rules where it wasn't automatic anymore, but... It was just like a weird period where it's like the class before me, that was the class that started the non-automatic, so a lot of them got in. Got in to the post program? To the med school. Oh, okay. Okay. So I was like, oh, my chances are really good, so, and I didn't really do my research on post-bac programs, I should have. I just applied to this one and only one because I had a friend who told me about it and they knew someone who did it and got in, so I was like, okay, cool. So I applied to only that one. I wish, like, looking back at it now, I n- know I needed a po- post-bac program, and I wish I would have looked at more like he did and applied to different ones, but I only applied to that one. So I got in, um, went, and from it, like, I definitely have a really strong science background now and improved my MCAT a ton, which is something I'm really happy about. But unfortunately, like, I didn't get into the med school, like, that year. So I had to reapply after, but um, all the interviews I went on after, like, all the med schools that I interviewed at, they were all like, oh my gosh, like, wow, like, you improved your, like, your science. Like, uh, most of the time in my interviews, like, I was really scared, like, my first MCAT score was going to get brought up, but, like, I improved so much on my MCAT that all the, I actually got complimented. Like, I didn't even get grilled on my first one. They were all just like, wow, like, how'd you improve your MCAT that much? And that's important. Yeah, in just a year. Tell them the difference. I'm sorry, is that too nosy? That's a lot. I'm going to tell mine. (laughs) Okay, so I was like, I improved my MCAT 14 points. Jesus! (laughs) I know. Yes! Oh, my God. I'm so proud of you, friend. God, yes! When you got the teen in there, it's just that is special but that's yeah. important like yeah that growth and like medical schools they do want to see like improvement they yeah. want to see that you're not the same person yeah that you were after a post and program. i think that's why when i was pre-applying i got all the interviews i did just because i increased my mcat that much that's and great at first i like was really resentful towards mm-hmm. doing a post-bac program and really didn't want to do it and i was super embarrassed i had to do it but it was an awesome growth experience for me and i know like, I was really upset in the moment, like, and while I was in the post-bac and super stressed out, but now looking back at it, I, I'm so happy I did it, because yeah. I know once, like, I know I'm going to be, like, a better medical student and better doctor for it, because mm-hmm. I'm actually going to be able to know the science. <laughs> Turn up. That's really great. Yeah. That's so special. Yeah, same. So, I was, I, I was humbled by my first MCAT. Oh, yeah, so we all. Yeah, and I knew I was not going to apply with the score that I got. So immediately I was like, I have to do a post-bac program. And I found out that they were even a thing 
when we were in PAP, the KU program. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and segment some post-bac programs, you actually have to apply to the med school, mm-hmm. not get into the med school, and then they have to invite you to apply to their post-bac. So, so you not, apply, yeah. interview, and then get denied. Kind yeah. Of so okay. some, I guess we could, we'll talk about that. Like some med schools, you actually have to apply. Like they have due dates, kind of like a master's program. Mm-hmm. And some, I think some you can either have the MCAT or like you can take a GRE. I think there's some like that. I'm, I'm not sure about those, but maybe. Yeah. But, and then some you don't have to have an MCAT. So mm-hmm. it just depends on the type of post program you're looking for. And some mm-hmm. you actually have to apply to med school. Like the one I did, you have to apply to med school and be rejected before they even looked at your application. Apply and interview. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It'd be nice if you could just get rejected and then get in. Yeah. Right. Be really nice. So <laughs> there's all different types in classifications and yeah. requirements. So. Yeah. Um, so the one that I did, yeah, so I found out about it from KU, and then I knew I needed one for sure. So I started looking around. I took my MCAT in September, and I started looking around. And it was September of my junior year of college, and I, I had an extra, like, year and a half anyway. So it wasn't like I was crunched for time or anything. Mm-hmm. So then um, going into my senior, let me see. Oh, I think I actually took it my senior year because, I, yeah, I graduated – fall 2016 so it was the start of my senior year Mm -hmm. when I took the MCAT and then I graduated as a super senior sorry anyway so (laughs) (laughs) so um I knew I needed a post-bac program I'd done like some digging I'd done research and like she said like there were a lot of schools a lot of like well-known schools I know Duke has a great one um Uh, George Washington mm -hmm. theirs is like that was is it George Washington or George? I think George in DC. Washington University. Yeah, that was the first ever post-bac program, so theirs is really good. Come on, history. That's yeah. great. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, and there were just, like, a lot of really good schools, but at the same time, like, those good schools are usually, like, they stood out to me, at least, as, like, the career changers, so to speak. Yes. Um, and I know, like, a lot of, like I said, big-name Ivy League-ish schools had post-bacs, but it was more like, you still need a 3.5 GPA or something. You know, like, high standards. Yeah, and some of them, you have to have, like, a 5, above 500 NCAT score. So, post-bac programs are actually really competitive. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. So... When I was looking for them, like, I had, like, maybe two or three that I was like, ah, I think I'm going to apply to these. And then um, I, uh, I actually went on a vacation to New York and toured, like, the medical school at Rochester University. And I, my, when I told my mom I wasn't applying to medical school, she, like, freaked out. She was like, oh, my God, you don't want to be a doctor? Yeah, right. And so um, when she, I kept explaining to her, like, what a post program was, and all she really heard was that I wasn't applying to medical school. Yeah. So, like, I told her, I was like, you know, it's usually a year, two years, and it's just, like, to help me on the MCAT, to help my GPA, things like that. So we go to this tour, and I tell the lady giving us the tour that I'm thinking about doing a post program before applying. And she's like, oh, you know, and she actually mentioned the post program I went to, which is med prep, and it'll actually be our little thing for later. But, um... Yeah, she was like, oh, well, there's a really great one in Illinois, and, and you can apply there, and, you know, we accept so many students from that school, and she just really spoke it up, and I was like, oh, and so then my mom was like, well, she's been talking about this post thing, and I don't know what it is, so the lady explained it to her, and my mom was all for it, like, she was like, oh, you need to do this, like, this is amazing, <laughs> whatever, so yeah, like, from that, I applied, did it, and yeah, it was, it was everything I needed, and I feel like even without you know the MCAT boost because yeah I had like a like you said like 15 point increase on my MCAT and even without that I would not have been a successful student like 
like my study skills were trash. I only knew how to memorize and like it really forces you to like acknowledge how you study and like do it in a way that is productive no matter what you're studying for. And I think that's why it was so good for the MCAT especially. And I feel like at mine by the time you get to that point I felt like all the teachers like genuinely cared about us and they taught in a way that we needed you know Mm -hmm. like when you're an undergrad and you have those big classes like the teacher's trying to cater to 200 students yeah and they make it seem like like every class your is your career like a genetics class they're teaching it like you're going to be a famous geneticist or something like that like it's not like that in a postdoc program they're teaching you mainly well for me they taught us a lot geared towards the MCAT which was nice yeah it wasn't like yours like that too yeah so like there were some segments they honestly they'd be like this isn't on the MCAT. We're not going to cover it that much in depth. And that's what you need. Like, you do two years of just pre-med prerequisites, and it's like, how much of that was actually on the MCAT? That's true. So to have a year program that's just like, okay, this is what we're going to look at. This is what, and it's all like focused on what you're doing is like really what's beneficial about it. But if you're doing it for GPA boost especially, um, then yeah, even that will help you out because it'll give you like, it'll give you the numbers, but it'll also give you like a foundation. Yes. So that's really good. Um, let's see. I have like little questions written down. So do we have, um, I guess we've mentioned how we changed from our post program, did we? Yes. And I would say for those of you like hesitant about doing a postback program we're not saying like everyone has to do a postback program some people like you can go to undergrad and finish and do great and be awesome but then there's other people who you just need a little you need a little bit extra time before you start med school because once you start med school that's the real deal like yeah there's no going back yeah and you want to make sure like your skills are sharp then yeah so I don't think it's bad to like take a year take two years so like make sure you're the best student going into medical school I feel like that's safe or dental school or vet school or PA school nursing wherever you're going make sure you're ready you know yes. what I mean? Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say, because at first I was super like, oh, I have to take another year. This road is already long. But I think if you decide to do this career, just you're in your career. Like once you get into med school, like that is your career. Like I know like we're not getting paid, but you're in your career. Like you work a nine to five kind yeah. of, but except you study. But <laughs> <laughs> I was telling somebody, I was like, nobody's going to ask how long it took you to get through medical school. No. Like none of your patients are going to, and they say this all the time in our post nobody's going to ask what you got on your MCAT score when you're doing surgery, like, exactly. or what your MCAT score was. Like, it's not, we think it's a big deal now because it's an actual like limiting factor, but in the grand scheme of things, like the time it takes for you to get the MD, yeah. They don't put how long it took on your white coat. They don't. <laughs> it's just the white coat. So. Exactly. And it's better you take a year now versus getting into med school and you were borderline and you shouldn't have, and then you end up failing your first year because then you have to deal with that in residency, and that's mm-hmm. even worse than taking a year off now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, also, there are graduate opportunities and post programs. There Did are. you have like the opportunity to get a graduate degree? No. Oh, mine did. I didn't get the opportunity to take that route but um I know a lot of different programs offer like a master's in public health master's in biological science um just like master's degrees that are like pretty significant yeah and when I was applying to the postback program 
it was it, they made it known like this won't increase your chances in getting into medical school, but it will like strengthen the education that you're you're getting for yourself. Yeah. And that's really what it's for. Like if you want a master's, because it is like double the load essentially. You know, if you're doing a post bac program, that is also a master's degree. It's going to be like master's classes, but yeah. um, if if you're passionate about it, you know it's completely worth it. Yeah. So if it's gonna make you a better physician, then it's it's all worth it. Yeah. So and you, oh, I was gonna say, and talking about master's program, so if you're someone who has like a you got like a pretty good MCAT score, but and you were just kind of lazy like the beginning of undergrad and have a lower GPA, and you're not getting into med school because your GPA, I wouldn't say a post bac program is necessarily like good for you because you've showed that you can do the MCAT I would maybe take like master's classes Mm. or like do a master's program instead of a post-bac program just so that you can show you can do that upper level coursework because that's probably what's lacking in your application oh and we should definitely highlight that a post-baccalaureate program like the classes that you take those are considered extra undergraduate courses yes they're not masters yeah yeah so like these the way they boost your GPA is basically they're added as a factor into your undergrad GPA. Yeah. So, like, if you get a bunch of A's in your post program, then that's great because you're going to offset kind of the lower GPA you might have gotten. And it's really good if it's, like, all science classes because you'll be getting a higher um, science GPA as well. Yes. So, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Do you feel like there was a difference between private versus public? I don't know. I don't really know no I guess yeah what public would have been like I don't know I mean I feel like the only difference might have been cost money yeah and ours was like 30,000 but if you were doing like if you were doing the masters it was different because it was a graduate um degree oh okay yeah I think ours like if you took out like like loans and stuff for living it was like almost 40 it was a little bit less. okay yeah so it's not, not that much of no, a difference it's not much of a difference so for some reason there's more private post-baccalaureate programs than there are public which is different to me but at the end of the day i mean do your research definitely because i've heard like some aren't as good they aren't organized like That's people true. people definitely have complaints about different post-baccalaureate programs and you want to do research because this is essentially a year that you're taking off to yeah. improve yourself so you want to make sure like it's a year well spent i wish certain... i would have done my research and oh, some post bac programs will actually pay you to do them you oh just have to i didn't know about that yeah like well <laughs> oh my god <laughs> which ones because i should i wish i would have gotten paid like hey you Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, duh. yeah, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, yeah. but see, so, so you have to look at all that. Like, if money is like a issue mm-hmm. with that, because oh, and one thing you'll, I guess, money wise for post back programs, I know some people who did mine, they had because it's counted as an undergrad degree. So if you took out a lot of loans in undergrad, some like because there's like a certain mm-hmm. limit, there's a can, max, there's a max. Sometimes they won't cover that in your post back, so that's something you should look into, too. Definitely. Yeah, so know how much you've taken out in undergraduate loans already. There's ways around it for some programs, but you definitely want to know how much you've taken out in loans already. And for if, if we didn't highlight the one that she said pays you, it's Kansas University, <laughs> um, and they have a stipend, so it's a deal. It's but not- you have to, that one's one of the ones oh, you yeah. have to get an interview not get into the med school, then they invite you to apply. Yeah. And that one's nice because you don't have to take the MCAT. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's really good. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, so then our next stepping stone is time management. I feel like this is a quick one to breeze through. So, time management. I sucked in undergrad with time management. I feel like nothing was, like, balanced. I was very good at, like, getting things done on the fly, which I thought was good, and I found out that's terrible. <laughs> um, because it's just a it's a proliferative kind of situation where you think you're doing well because you got the last thing done, like, within a day. So, you keep doing it. And, you know, it's just mm-hmm. not, it's not a good way to build habits. So... Um, yeah, the best thing that my postback taught me actually was time management and like setting a schedule and like sticking to it. Were you good with like time management in undergrad? Um, I had to be since I was a student athlete. Right. I, cause we had practice at like from like five to like pretty early in the morning from like five to eight. And then I'd have classes from like nine to like two mm-hmm. and then I would like, Maybe sometimes I had to go back to practice after that, and then I'd study in the evenings. I had to be in bed pretty early, so I definitely had to. I was forced to have right. time management early. Right. That but I feel sense. like that kind of hurts me now, just because I don't know how to like. If I have free time, I feel like I'm not doing something I have to do, and then I feel like I overcommit myself, and then I'm like stressed out. That's a but. Yeah, you know that makes sense. So how do you figure out time management? Like I said, the postback program, because in undergrad, I worked. Yeah. So I tried to get as much as I could done before I went to work. Um, but, I mean, I I commuted to campus, so there would be times where I'd literally stay the night, like, in a classroom on campus trying to, like, study for an exam. Oh, God. Was that, that, that happened actually a lot of times. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, so... Why I, did you do that? I do your campus. I thought that was a part of experience. You slept really... at my place one time. Yeah, that was for a final. It was for a final. Lord have mercy. And you and didn't <laughs> even sleep. That was like a 30 I got, minute nap. Yeah, I got there at like 5. My final was at 8. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but needless to say, I did a post-bac program for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like I, I was so grateful because of my post-bac program, which sounds very elementary, but like we got points for having a planner. Aww. We got, not right. Aww. It was annoying. Do you get like, stickers too? Nah, we got red X's. She was like, you didn't do this right. <laughs> she was literally like, she was serious. And, and it seemed so stupid. Like, it was so dumb. She wanted to see that we put, like, our classes. She wanted us. She she was so strict about it. She had us print out our, our syllabi and then um, put down any exams in our calendar. And then, like, she would check to make sure, like, we put our exams, we put wow. our quizzes, we put our homework yeah, and it was like, I mean, she did this early on in the postback program so that we had it already. But by the time, you know, the people that didn't have that as a routine, it got to the point where we were like, okay, well, I need to look at my calendar because I don't know what I got going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it, it really helped. And then I always said I was going to keep a planner in undergrad. Never did you it. You talk, talk about your bullet journaling. Kia oh, does bullet journaling, guys. And I it's do. so cute. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She will post a picture on our Instagram this week. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so that was one of actually the things, and I knew, like, if I was studying for the MCAT this time, I knew I had to be organized, and I'd have to be diligent about it, so I did, like, during MCAT season, I started bullet journaling, um, and that's, if you've never seen a Pinterest bullet journaling thing, um, then it's basically just, like, doodling on a sketch sketchbook, and you basically write out, like, whatever you want, but I put, like, my schedule um, a checklist of, like, to-do things, and it really just made me more committed to my schedule, because, I mean, I took the time to, like, draw it out. I might as well actually stick to it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I really like checking off boxes. It's really weird. No, I do, too. <laughs> Mine's <laughs> almost, like, 
a problem. Like, you feel good <laughs> when you, like, cross something off your list. And it's amazing, like, if you have to, like, it's so impactful to write something down. Like, it's amazing to, like, write it down and get to the point where it's like, okay, I looked at it and I know what I need to do. And sometimes, I know for me especially, I get so scatterbrained, like, I'll be like, I need to do this, 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 this today. And then as I'm like doing those things, I'll get to the point where I'm like, oh, I need to go here. I'll need to go here. And you know, it's so easy to get off track. I had to go to the hair store. I ended up going to the hair store, didn't write a list, spent like $30. Oh my God. Right. And you know, they don't take returns. So literally, <laughs> I got like so much stuff and I'm like, on it. Like I should have wrote a list. So it's just like when you write stuff down, it makes it more like you have to be focused or you have to like be like all right this is what I'm gonna get done so yeah like it was really helpful another thing that they really um embrace is like timing yourself so when you go to sit down oh she was she was crazy stickler about like organization so it was really nice but she was like when you go to sit down and study you write down what you're gonna study you give yourself um say 50 minutes and then a 10 minute break and like you time yourself so this is even before we started studying for the MCAT. We would, um, like, I had my Apple Watch, and so I would put it on 50 minutes and then, like, put my phone on airplane mode, do my headphones, you know, and then study the little list of things I had to study. And then when my timer went off, I'd take, you know, the 10 minutes, I'd take my phone off airplane mode, and then that would be, that was, like, a really good way to keep me accountable for what I was doing because I'm really bad at like, I get to a chemistry problem I don't know. Oh, let me use my calculator. Oh, let me um, <laughs> check Instagram. And then, you know, the 40 minutes go by and you haven't even figured out the solution for your problem. So, yeah, like having having an actual, like, routine of way to, how to study, how long I'm going to study, you know, telling yourself, okay, I'm going to study for four hours. And making that four hours, like, very conducive. She She stressed a lot, like, you can get a lot done in two hours if you're dedicated you can, to it. Yeah. So, yeah, and that was something I really had to teach myself. And I think if you're going to do, like, a planner thing, plan some free time or mm-hmm. just some, like, you time or self-care days. I do them too much, but... <laughs> yeah, I need to have one today because I need to comb my hair. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's important. Yeah, definitely, like, plan your... When we had to do our little planning sheets, we had worksheets that we had to fill out. And she wanted to see that we had time. She, oh, my goodness. It was so annoying. It was literally like a 24-hour planning sheet. And we had to write out the time we would sleep. Oh, we had to, like, block that time off. We had to, like... And it was annoying only because it was tedious. But, like, realistically, I laminated mine. Like, I was like, I have to do this. And it, it was good. Like, she was like, put time to work out. Put time to meditate. Put time and actually make that a part of your routine. Because then you'll get to the point where it's like oh my goodness, I'm so stressed, let me go work out. It's my time to work out. And you'll look forward to that. You know, you'll put incentives into your schedule and that'll be why you keep going. So that makes a huge difference, especially, especially when you're studying for the MCAT because like that type of routine, having like, it's so much information already. Mm -hmm. So like having a checklist that you're going to go over or having like an amount of time you're going to study, don't spend like, 18 hours in a day studying like that's not healthy that's not healthy at all and you're not gonna get anything done your brain needs to rest exactly so like having that type of stability even in your undergrad classes or like wherever you are even I mean if you're studying for boards or step one or step two like same thing and this might be helpful for people that didn't have to study necessarily for the MCAT if they were just you know good enough and they 
paid attention in their undergrad classes the first time um then it it might be useful for you to actually have to have a schedule and like stick to that and do the routine way um because even that's like a lot of information and if you're taking the first two years of medical school and putting that on a exam that sounds stressful enough so yeah time management is like everything do you still struggle with time management are you pretty good I'm trying to think I think I'm pretty good. Like I said, I feel like I just overcommit myself to too many things, and then I, that's when I'm like, okay, let's sit down. I need to cut stuff out. Mm-hmm. I've noticed, yeah. like, being out of school, I've gotten so much worse. Uh, time management? It's really bad. Yeah, because I don't have anything yeah. that's holding me to anything, you know? All of this stuff that I have to do is, like, You're like, decision. oh, like, you, always, you can always put it off. Well, yeah, and, like, I told myself I'm teaching myself Spanish. I'm not teaching myself, but I'm, like, going the effort to learn Spanish. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I've learned things here and there, but, like, having a steady routine. I use my reminder app so much. Do you? Yes. I use Google Calendars. I love Google Calendars. Jackie showed me Google Calendars. Really? Shout out to Jackie. Bruh. (laughs) (laughs) You know how to use Google Calendars? Yes. No, I didn't. Shout out to Jackie. You know me in technology. Okay. <laughs> when did she show you Google Calendar? Because this had to be recent. It was. Wow. Google Calendar saves flow. <laughs> it did. Well, that's Jackie, good. That, let's, Jackie. Jackie's it. the plug. She's yeah. our co-executive of everything else. Um, so, yeah, she's great. I know. <laughs> she's not here today. We're missing you, Jackie. Shout out. Man, she was here the last time, though. She, her spirit is here. Anyway. Um, but, yeah. So, you have to, like, that's a perfect example, though. You have to have, like basically outside resources that hold you account- accountable like no it's not your mom or if it is your mom like that's just as we have much problems of a if it's your mom and you're this age i'm just mean, saying it's true because you should want it for yourself yeah. but i mean <laughs> sometimes it's your friends you know yeah oh my goodness i know you guys hold me accountable all the time <laughs> right there was something you were like i can't go have to study and i was like get your degree or was that jackie that was, that was Jackie. And I was like, get your degree, girl. I know. <laughs> but that's true. Like Our weekly dates, Jackie. Oh, God. But yeah, <laughs> it's so true. Like, you have to have somebody that, or something holding you accountable, even if it's like Google calendars, reminders. Um, and don't just ignore it. Like, if it's going to hold you accountable, let it. I remember, oh, my goodness, this drove me crazy. So in our post program, they stressed the accountability buddy during, Ooh. girl, look, <laughs> during the application process. And my my friend, like, in the post, my, anyway, I talked about it before. It's my best friend in the post program. <laughs> but um, she, oh, she took it to heart. She was so serious. She was like, did you get your application in? Did you get your personal statement done? Did you get your experiences? And it drove me crazy, but it was necessary. Like, I, I got that push, you know? And you would think, you know, the actual application process, the actual want to do well is enough push but hey, like no. But sometimes you need that support because when you go through this process, grades are weighing down on you, MCATs weighing down on you, and like, real life yeah, is happening. Yeah, real life is happening. You have so much stuff. To, so just to know that someone cares enough about you to push you and support you, that just keeps you going. Sometimes, like you're not just doing this for yourself. Like you're there's a bigger picture. Right, right. And for her to be doing that alongside her own application, yeah, she she real. Special one. She cool or whatever. Shout out. I guess. <laughs> um, oh, I guess I can. We'll see if she's okay with shout outs. Because I don't want to just be throwing out names. <laughs> confidentiality or whatever. We respect HIPAA. But, <laughs> but yeah, so time management is like, and, you know, as a physician, a lot of physicians might show up to stuff late just because, you know. And 
I mean, although, like, if they're doing a surgery, you know, surgery can't start without them. That might be a thing. But, (laughs) I mean, you want to be prompt. You want to be diligent. I mean, most of the time, you know, physicians are are organized and, like, time-oriented in their own. You know, and even in this process, you're going to meetings. You're going to study groups. You're going to things. You want to be able to balance everything. You want to be able to be presentable, be organized, be prepared for what you're going to because that is going to be a part of your career. That is going to be the way people take you seriously. You know, if you show up, you're scatterbrained, you don't know anything that's going on, and it's just like, well, you can't really give opinions on a board. You can't really present you know research that's confident or everybody has confidences because they're like did you come up with this last night or Ooh. like have you actually put any the effort you know and so I think when you this is I mean that puts a lot of weight on time management but it shows that you cared enough to delegate time yes that's so true and I a lot of med school is time management because oh, there's so much information that if you can figure out how to learn all of it and there's a lot yeah. going on in medical school. Yeah, that's like, true. Let's say you're doing a research project along with, you know, your studies. So that's time. And a lot, of t- a lot of the medical schools don't require class. So that is like... That's on you. Yeah. You have to take the time to actually, like, study. Or some teachers just don't teach you as well. Some teachers aren't even teachers. They're researchers or professors. Or not professors. Doctors or, you know, they're not going to school. They're not... They're not teachers. <laughs> so they're teaching from their profession, but they're not like educators specifically. So it's like sometimes they may not teach in a way that's conducive for your learning. So you'll have to teach yourself. And they get that. Like that's perfectly fine. But you have to have the organization and the time management to be like, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to learn this topic. And this is going to be that. And you have to keep the ball rolling. You, like, you have to be prepared to take on more tasks. And I think that's, yeah. It's just really scary, but you should be good at time management. So, yeah. Anything else? I think we covered it all. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, our hidden Jemison for this week is the postback program I did. So, <laughs> um, so it's called Med Prep. Uh, it's at uh, Carbondale, Illinois, uh, at Southern Illinois University. It's a it has a special place in my heart. Yes, I went crazy while I was there, but um, I really, I evolved a lot as a student, as a person, as a um, woman. I feel like a lot of that experience taught me a lot about myself. You know, I never in life, honestly. Yeah, it, it was it was a lot, you know. You and with postback programs, we talk about it being such a time commitment because I could not work in my postback program at all. My mom had to take a second job um, and she paid my rent, she paid for my car. uh, And it was literally like I had to take that year in isolation basically. Um, And med prep is a minority program. So, or minority, it's encouraged for underrepresented minorities in medicine. So um, it was like 30-ish underrepresented minorities in my class. Um, and then it's a two-year program, so we were, we were we had the second years available to us. Um, but you spend most of your time with your class, so there's that. Um, for the application cycle, so they have an early application cycle, and then they have a main application cycle. The early application cycle is done, um, and you can. Well, apply- when when's it normally for the people who are looking for the next year? Right, right. When so the early application cycle deadline for. 
Okay, for 2019 was September 19th or September 17th. Um, and typically it's about that time. I know when I applied, I applied by September 19th. So that was my deadline. Yeah. Um, and so with that, with the early cycle, you interview around November and then you know if you're accepted by January. When do those applications open up? Um, I want to say the early cycle is June. Okay. And then the main cycle is right after the deadline for the early cycle. Okay. Yeah. And um, what's nice about having two cycles is that you have time to take the MCAT or you have time to like figure out what you want to do or if you're going to apply. And then if you land on, okay, I'm going to do a post program, you still have that opportunity to apply in the main cycle. And so the main cycle deadline is January 22nd. And then for those applicants, you um, interview around March and then you know if you're accepted around April. Um, and then the program starts in June. So, like I said, it's a two-year program. The first year is geared towards MCAT prep. Um, they want you to have at least a 2.2 minimum GPA, um, and your science GPA has to be a 2.2 um, as well. And this is for your application. So in undergrad, you have to have a 2.2 GPA. Um, and they want you to have taken some of your foundational science courses, um, so like beginner's biology, beginner's chemistry, um, and have those labs as well. So like gen chem lab, um, bio lab, uh, the organic chemistry labs, things like that, physics lab, all of those taken care of. Um, and you also have the opportunity to do a graduate uh, master's degree with this program as well. If you want to do the master's degree, um, there's a time where you email certain people and you fill out paperwork. Do that right away. Right away. Okay. Because um, deadlines are real in <laughs> post-bac programs. And if you miss it, you miss it and there's no remorse about it. So, um, do you have to have taken the MCAT already to do this program? Mm -mm, no. So, and I feel like if you haven't taken the MCAT, I wouldn't necessarily say do a post prep program. Okay. Just because I feel like you don't know what you're capable of. And you don't know if it's worth all that money in that time. True. Um, if you've had the science courses and you, it's not like you did terrible in them, um, I don't think it's a bad thing to take the MCAT multiple times at all. Yeah. I, I feel like it's almost like it shows that you're actually passionate about it you know what I mean yeah so um most definitely if you haven't taken the MCAT don't be afraid and and consider like what your reasons for not taking it and wanting to do a postback is so like is it because you don't feel like your science is that strong or are you missing certain classes that you want to be prepared for in medical school that's understandable but I would suggest you at least try to do like an MCAT prep course or something yeah. more specific um and less time consuming yeah like both when you're looking at postback programs you really I think one thing you should do is literally go on AMCAS, like, look at the application, like, what all it entails. Like, one episode we'll talk about, like, the actual application, but look at the application and see what it has, because I know someone who literally had a 4.0 in undergrad, got a 5.17 on their MCAT, and didn't get in for three cycles, but that was because they didn't have volunteer and shadowing. They thought their grades were going get to get them in. A post back program for them, a med school's going to look at them and be like, like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, well, why? Because you don't have time to yeah. volunteer or shadow on a post program. Exactly. And they're going to be like, you didn't have to do this. Like, this, like you already, ha you showed that you can, you're capable of doing the coursework, but you haven't showed that you're devoted to medicine because you mm -hmm. haven't done that. So I think, like, one thing, like, literally look at the AMCAS, look at your application, look what your strengths that you would bring to med schools, and then look at your weaknesses. And if, your weaknesses is something a post-bac program can help mm -hmm. and like elevate your application, then I would say apply. That's, that's strong advice. 
advice. That is great. Oh, that's really good. Friend. You're just such a, you're such, so, so helpful. Friend. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, no, that is, that is really good advice. Like that's, I didn't even think about that. Like why would they think they needed a postdoc program? I don't know. Huh. That is, that is interesting. And like, she's absolutely right. Like certain things you you just have, like you said like yeah. you have to know where you need help yeah and i think that like she probably thought she did just because like when you're going through this application like everyone's giving you advice like true. someone's like do this someone's like do that someone's like do this like turn right turn left and you're just like what what do i do and it's like i think you just really have to like look at the med schools you really want to go to look at their um mcat their GPA and if you have that and you're not not getting in then it's something else right right that is a really good point and that kind of ties into our first episode where we said like everybody's journey is different yes you cannot think because like like you said like there's a lot of advice out there and if you don't have any guidance or like an idea of what you really need You'll take everybody's advice, yeah. and then you really won't get and anywhere. Then, yeah, and then you'll be doing something else that, like, someone doesn't have a good, and, like, and people during this process, they're going to lie to you. They're going to tell you their GPA and MCAT something different, so they're going to tell you it's kind of what you have, and they're, but they're doing a post program, but it's actually not, so you think you need to do it too, mm-hmm. and it's not. Yeah. You know? You yeah. kind of have to just know yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, med prep is a special place, um has a lot of good perks it's it's a time commitment I mean all all postdoc uh, programs are going to be a time commitment yeah but. and if this is the journey you really want to do like you shouldn't even think about that mm-hmm. you should just do it <laughs> I don't know <laughs> you should just do it yeah you can't I don't think you can really prioritize time in this in this process like no. if you have a family it might be harder that's true it, it might be a little more difficult and we will talk about like families in this process and like having children and being married doing this process but um that that's also one of those things that that can make you that your difference in experience could really bring a lot more to your application than you realize that's true. you know being a mother being a father having those life experiences and still pursuing medicine says a lot it about does. your passion and like what you're actually dedicated to um alongside your family so um but I've even like we had people in our postback program that had families did you have anybody at that level who had a family in my program. Well, this one, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do they feel like... Well, do they seem like... I? Everybody always seems Girl, cool and collected. I know. I, like... Every time, I'm like, I can barely feed myself. I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud. I know that's right. I'm so proud of her. I'm just like, how? Time management. Time management. Goals. Right. But you have to really be patient with yourself. Um, like I said, I learned a lot about myself in my post program. Um, I learned, you know, my, my strengths, definitely my weaknesses. And, um, you find out a lot about who cares about you. You know, your support is a lot during that. You know, you, you have to have a very strong support system. I was living out of state. Um, and that was really hard for me because like, I've never lived out of state, you know, Mm -hmm. away from my family, away from my friends. And, oh, my God, like, I hated getting on Snapchat. I hated seeing yeah. everybody kicking it and having a good time. And I'm in the middle of nowhere. Like, <laughs> it was trash. But it's it, support it, assistance is a lot. It's right. Funny. Me and my sister always joke around because my mom, 
you literally could get like a 470 on your MCAT. Oh my and my mom is like the most support. She's like, you did so good. Like, she's like, I would have gotten worse. Right. And like, that's how my mom is. And it's like, sometimes Aww. it's so annoying because we're like, yo, she doesn't get it. Like, we're out here like struggling. But then she'll like, but then at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, like, she cares. I, yeah, she cares. And I know like if I don't do as well as I want want to like I'm not going to disappoint her yeah your support system is always going to think you're in medical school regardless yeah. oh by the way nobody knows what a postback program is if they're not in medicine at all like sure. you can tell people oh, I'm in a postback program yeah I, Jackie I, told everybody I was in medical school and now I'm, <laughs> I'm explaining why I'm not a doctor <laughs> to so many people they'll be like I thought you were in med school nope I did a postback <laughs> okay. so yeah like your support is huge during that process and sometimes you know there were people in my postback program that didn't really have much of a support group and they were all the support they had and at that point you know you have to be stable in where you're at confident in your steps and know that where you're going is the right direction the path that you're taking is the right path for you and um, you can't just expect everybody in your postback program especially to support you you know because they're there for themselves that, that's, and that is very oh yeah if you have like if you don't have that strong support system you can't you can't expect that from everybody else um and so that's huge and even in medical school you can't go to medical school looking for support you have to support no. yourself you have to be ready to give yourself those pep talks at 2 a.m you know you got to be ready to be in that mode because at the end of the day you're the only person getting that degree mm-hmm. you know your graduation they're not gonna call you your cousin your best friend all the people <laughs> you were on the phone with they're calling you to get your degree so you you got to realize and be strong in where you are so all that to say that's our hidden Jemison. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any um any advice for the listeners at all no, I think I said all the yeah, advice you, I have for yeah. MCAT post This was a strong episode. Oh, I'm a fan. Girl. So, I really liked our last episode, but I think I like every episode. So I'm just, we, I'm yeah. just a sucker. So, um, yeah, that's all the advice we got. Um, sorry for the late upload on the last episode. We had a lot going on. I was running around to a, yeah, interviews. You I had was, exams. Yeah. yeah, and our intro didn't even get on there. So, even the intro checked out. Um, yeah, <laughs> we got it together now, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. We better now. Yeah. So, um, thanks for listening. Write us a message, melanin and medicine zero two at gmail dot com. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, it's melanin period in period medicine. Um, because I changed it because I didn't like all the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, and if you want to follow us exclusively, like each other, um, I'm the Mache way, the M I C H E way um and i'm oh nana 11 ohh underscore nana 11 lovely <laughs> um and yeah thanks for listening to my little podcast so uh bye peace